0: Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. If you have your Bibles, go ahead this morning and turn with me. To Matthew chapter 17, and we're going to begin with verse 1 and go about verse uh, through about verse 9. Uh, I want to say, I am so stinking happy to be home. I I, I am Uh, you know it's kind of like I I was telling April I said you know pastoring is a lot like parenting in that you know you hang out with your kids for a while and you're like I have got to get away from these kids I'm telling you if I don't get away from these kids for a few weeks I'm going to lose my mind any parents know what I'm talking about but then the moment you get away from your kids you're thinking man I need to Check on the kids. I, I need to to get back home to the kids. And and pastoring is so much the same way. It's like, man, I've got to get a break. I got to get away from here. And then the moment you get away, you're like, I gotta get back. I got I got things to do. I want to be around my people. I want to be there. And and so, man, I love my church family. And I think that it's so good to 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 separate for a season. To to rekindle yourself and reacquaint yourself with that reality that you love them and you're excited to be back and I am so excited to be back with you. I'm also excited about the fall season uh, here at the River School is about to start back and all the parents said Amen to that too. Praise God. Uh, I felt the Holy Spirit when I said school's about to start back. Everyone's wrapping up their vacation season, and I'm glad about that as pastor. And, you know, this fall we're going to be focusing on some key things to really move our church forward in God's plan and uh, just really that God is putting our hearts, uh, leading our hearts to... Uh, and uh, I'm excited about that. So don't miss out. Make sure that you start helping us gather people back up, get involved. This fall is going to be exciting around here, and we want you to be a part of that as well. Matthew chapter 17, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now after six days Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with them. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah." While He was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is My beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, do not be afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Now as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen. From the dead. Let me point you back to verse 9 again, and it says this: it says, Now as they came down from the mountain, this morning I want to preach to you that life happens in the valley. Will you help me pray? Father, I thank you for again for your anointing, for your presence in this room. Lord, I thank you that God you're awakening us to a new reality and a new understanding of what you are trying to accomplish in our lives and how you are trying to accomplish that in our lives. I pray this morning that our hearts would be open, our minds would be positioned to receive exactly what you're trying to communicate to us through your word and through your messenger. I praise you God this morning that you are here to touch us in a new and fresh way. And we ask these things in Jesus name everybody says amen amen Amen. let me show you a pic Uh, i got some pictures here of the mountaintop now i know it's a little hard to see it here because the lighting but uh, that is one of our camps and out there you can see nothing but a just a a bunch of clouds we are living way above the clouds at this point in, in this journey go ahead and go to the next slide there's a better picture isn't that incredible? And what's really incredible is I took those pictures. How, how awesome is that? That little mountain sticking up over there is only it's only 15,000 feet high. It's Mount Miro and uh, it's poking up above the clouds. But uh, that's a great picture there of our camp. Go to the next one. This is proof that it was actually me taking that picture. I didn't want you all to, to be looking on Google, looking for these pictures, because, no, I took these pictures. But uh, here's another reality of the mountain that, that I want to acquaint you with. Now that's beautiful, that's amazing, that's something that is all awe-inspiring. Uh, you look at it you're like, wow, that, that's incredible, what a place to be. And, that, and that's true, but go to the next slide. Here's another reality of the top of the mountain. This is right after we started coming down from our highest camp. You know what those are right there? Those are stretchers. Those are one-wheeled stretcher carts that are strewn on the pathway to get you off the mountain to get you down to a place where somebody can save your life and help you if you need medical support. That, that's a reality of the mountain there that as we were walking down, I was like, Joseph, i got to stop for a minute. i got to take a picture of this because this is real. This is the real uh, way it is sometimes up here on the mountain. Here's the first point I want to make to you is this. That you can go to the mountaintop, but you can't live on the mountaintop. You can go to the mountaintop, but you can't live on the mountaintop. Life is not meant to live on the mountaintop. We, we just aren't created to live up there, I'm telling you. It, it, life doesn't work well ...on top of the mountain. Conditions on the mountain are hostile to your humanity. It works against you in every way, shape, or form. Even when each night when we're at camp, we change camps every single night... ...as we uh, move across the mountain and move up the mountain. And every morning before we started our trek, we would have to go into our tent... And we would have to start breaking down our equipment. We'd have to roll up our bed mats. We'd have to stuff our sleeping bags back into their stuff sacks and pack all of our stuff up so that we could give it to our porters to take to the next place. And I'm just telling you that while you're in your tent and you think, man, stuffing up a sleeping bag, that's easy. That's nothing. But we are huffing and puffing the whole time. We are stuffing that stuff back into our bags. Because why? Because we're not created. We're not made to live up there. That's not... not what we're fashioned for it's hard to breathe on top of the mountain nothing for your flesh exists on the mountaintop because the the atmosphere up there is just entirely hostile to your flesh you know that experience reminds me and a lot of times in scripture we see how the correlation is between the mountaintop and an experience with god The mountaintop reminds me of an experience with God. Why? Because a real experience with God is always hostile to our humanity. God comes in in such a way that He is burning up everything that is fleshly in our lives, consuming that to leave all that is good behind. It's hostile to our humanity. Uh, Like Isaiah's experience with God in Isaiah chapter 6, it says this, He says, Woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. In the presence of God, it's hard to breathe because nothing for the flesh exists in the presence of God. The atmosphere of God's presence is always hostile to our flesh. The mountaintop with God is a place of experience. But life life is lived in the valley. The disciples in our story, they go to the mountaintop. They have an incredible moment with God where, where Jesus is changed right before their very eyes. Not only that, Moses shows up, and then Elijah shows up. And then while all that's going on, God Himself starts speaking audibly to them. I mean, that's a pretty good day at church when God just starts speaking to you, you know what I'm saying? And there's no doubts that God spoke. In that moment, they have a true... Amazing, incredible experience with God. Their lives are touched. Their lives are marked. Their lives are changed. In that moment, they are caught in the presence of God. But life is not lived in those experiences. Life is lived in the valley. In verse 4, Jesus said... to. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let me make a tabernacle, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. In other words, let's just stay here. Let's just camp out here. We've just had an incredible experience with God. Let's just build a house here and live here and let this be our ongoing, continual experience. And then Jesus says to them, get up, let's go back down. Why does Jesus say that? Because I'm telling you why. Because you live life in the valley. Now listen, don't miss the point of the mountaintop. It's not meant to be a permanent part of your life. It's meant to be an empowering, inspiring, and energizing moment. We often see experiences with God as a means of escape when they are meant to be a means of empowerment. Let me say that again. We often see moments with God, moments where God captures us, moments where God interrupts our lives, moments where God steps in and shakes us a little bit, brings us to the core of who we are. We see those as moments of escape, and they are moments of escape to a degree, but that's really not what they're meant to be. They're meant to be moments of empowerment, moments that change me, moments that I take something from that experience and take it into my life with me and let that experience on the mountaintop change my life in the valley. The valley is where people are. The valley is where life is. The valley is where what happened on the mountaintop can matter and make a difference not only in my life but in somebody else's life. God gives you the mountaintop so you can live in the valley. God gave me the mountaintop so I can make a difference in the valley. You've heard it said before that we can be so heavenly minded that we're of no earthly good. Right? And there's some real truth to that because we can be so focused on our own personal experiences with God that we really don't take those experiences with God and do anything that matters with them. We only let it touch us. We only let it shape us. We never let it pass through us into shaping and changing somebody else's life. Here's what I've come to find out about the kingdom of God in my journey with the Lord is that God uses the real and the raw to change lives. God uses the real and the raw to change lives. Rarely does God... God will use your successes, but He much, would much rather use your failures to change lives than your successes. Because here's the reason. A lot of times successes only make people feel inferior. My successes in life tend to only make other people feel inadequate make other people feel like they're incapable make other people feel like they're not good enough they make other people feel like well I need to try harder I need to do something different something's wrong with me something's not working out in my own life or this would be different but the failures in my life let people know hey he's just human too he's got problems too there's issues in their life too and if they can make it and still serve the Lord after going through all the trouble that they've gone through then I know that there's something for me too that God has a plan for me on the other side of my struggle. He uses the real and raw to change lives. Don't be afraid of where you've made mistakes. Don't be afraid of where you fail. Don't be afraid of where you fall short. Everybody is. Everybody has to overcome that. Everybody has to face those those moments where we feel inadequate and, and, and really overcome them. I get that. But don't be so afraid of them that God is not allowed to use those in your life to touch somebody else. Everybody makes mistakes. I don't want you to misunderstand this morning that life is only bearable in the valley. The cause of the mountaintop. If it wasn't for God in my life, I wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for God in your life, you wouldn't be here either. If it wasn't for God's intervention along the way, a lot of us would have different ends to our story. The mountaintop, the moments with God, the experiences with God is what makes life bearable in the valley. Go to the mountaintop. Everybody's got to have those those moments with the Lord. But you can't live up there. Now let me ask you this question. What is something that all great explorers... And pioneers do when they conquer a new territory. What, what is the first thing they do? What is the first thing that Neil Armstrong did when he went to the moon? He planted the flag, didn't he? He planted a flag. Here's the second point. Is that you plant a flag on the mountaintop, but you plant roots in the valley. You plant a flag on the mountaintop, but you plant roots in the valley. You know those moments on the mountain are critical to your life. I told April when I left, it's hard. It's it's all. here's the way I am. I love adventure. I love doing different things. But every time the day before I get ready to go somewhere, I always say I wish I wasn't going. Every single time, because the 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 last moment to like back out of something is the hardest moment for me. Because I'm like, man, I'm going to be away from my family. I'm going to be away. I'd rather just stay here. I'd rather you know, and all this stuff comes. But I told April, I said, I, 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 I'm hesitant to go. It's hard to go, but I'm going to come back to you better than I am leaving you. I, I'm going to let this shape me in a positive way. I'm going to let God speak to me. I'm going to let God change me. I'm going to let God break me if that's what He chooses to do. I, I'm going to let God do some big things in my life. And I promise you this, I may go away for a season, but when I come back, I'm going to be better for the wear. I'm going to come back a better person. Because the moments, listen to me, the moments on the mountaintop of experience shape the way that you live life in the valley. But they only last for you if you plant a flag in them. Every one of us need to mark the moments that shape your life. The good, the bad, the real, the raw. you gotta, you got to mark those moments that shape your life. You know, we talked uh, when we came back from Camp Padre how important we realized while we were there how important camp was. Why? Because camp experiences have shaped my life. Moments when I was in the altar at camp and God spoke to me have directed and shaped my life. And along the way, I can go back to places. I can take you to the exact spot at a camp in Oklahoma where God called me to ministry. I can take you back to the place where I got truly saved. I can take you to the place where God baptized me in the Holy Spirit. I can take you to some places along the way. Why? Because I planted a flag in those places that left a memory burned in my mind. And I said at that moment, I'm not going to forget this. This is going to mark me, this is going to change me, and this is going to shape me from this moment on. Hallelujah. Moments with God have shaped my life. Moments I can remember when I was driving and working at the clinic and I didn't see any future for me in ministry. And God is speaking to me in those moments. And I can remember specific things that God spoke to me that I wrote down later and I chronicled and I journaled and I kept because I knew there were moments that would mark my life. Thank you, Lord. Those moments are special. And they're special to me now because I planted a flag in them. I marked them as special. I marked them as critical. And I made a point that I would never forget them. Pastor, how do you, how do you plant a flag on those mountaintop moments? You, you write them down. You solidify them with tokens. I, my office is full of knick-knacks that really do not go with anything in my office. And, they, and they're in there because they all mark little things along my journey that mean something to me. My house, I am a token keeper. I've got all kinds of stuff that only means something to me. It may be a rock, it may be an old toy, it may be an old shirt. It's a lot of different things that I have packed like a little pack rat in my house in different places because those things mean something to me. They remind me of what I'm here for, and what God's brought me from, and what God spoke to me, and what God's trying to do in my life. I brought one of my journals. This is the journal that I took on the mountain with me. Thank and in this in this journal is pages and pages of my experience on that mountain. Nobody's read this. This is just mine. This is for me. I, there may be a day when I let April read this, but you know, it's special to me. On. There's there's all kinds of things on this page. There's, it's full of wins. It's full of losses. It's full of my intentions and then God's intentions. It, it's, it's got my perspective in it and then it's got God's perspective in it. It's got tears of joy and tears of sorrow in it. It's got, it's got some things in it that, that are flags for me, markers for me, things that are going to help me. Along the way, when I start to slip away from the memories that are fresh still in my mind, I can go back and I can refine them again. I was, I was smelling this earlier to see if it still smelled like the mountain. Because I want to remember exactly what God spoke to me in those moments. You know, there's a parable that talks about that and talks about how important that is. In Matthew chapter 13, it's called the parable of the sower. And this is what it tells us, that the seed of the Word is sometimes stolen. It's sometimes devoured. Sometimes it's planted in a place that it doesn't take root. Why? Because it's not planted properly. And then it also tells us that the seed that is planted properly will take root and it will produce good things in your life. The mountaintop is a moment when God releases the power of His Word to us. That may happen in a church service. That may happen while you're listening to a worship song. It may happen while you're driving down the road. It may happen in a conversation with a friend. But when God chooses to speak to you in those mountaintop moments of life change and where you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is speaking to you, you've got to mark it down. Thank you, Lord. How how it is... Received. How God's Word is received is all up to us. What's the difference between the seed that was devoured, the seed that didn't take root, the seed that was stolen versus the seed that planted and grew? It's how it was received by the good soil of the ground. Or whether or not it was received by the good soil of the ground. Those moments have to be remembered. If it's not planted properly if it's not marked as memorable, and if a flag's not placed on that experience, it is lost and it comes to nothing. The enemy would love to take away everything that God speaks to you in your life. And he will, if you don't, plant a flag in that and mark those moments that guide your life. What God says to me here, here's the reality of it. What God says to me in those moments matters in my life. It matters in the valley. It matters in my everyday. It's what guides me and directs me along the road of life. And that has to be the commitment that we make to the experiences we have with God. What God shows me, what God reveals to me, what God says to me is going to matter to me. It's going to matter to me and I'm not letting anyone take it from me. What happened to me there is going to show up in my life here. I'm taking my experiences and I'm using it to plant roots that produce the fruit of life for myself and those around me. Plant the flag in your experiences with God and it will cause roots to grow for you in the valley. The third point is this. To bring this home, I want to make this very clear to you today. That you can't live in the valley. You can't live in the valley unless you experience the mountaintop. you, You may exist in the valley... You may breathe and have some semblance of life in the valley, but you will not truly live without some mountaintop experiences along the way. Yeah. Here's what I'm saying to you this morning, real clear, that if God doesn't speak to you in your life along the way of life, you're not going to have any kind of life out, outside of Him. Come on, we got to hear His Word. we, we got to have a connection with Him. we got to have moments with Him we got to make what God does in our lives so real that it actually shows up in an everyday, ordinary way we live. On, There's too many people in the world today that are living, breathing, at least have some kind of sort of life, but really have no true life in them. They're existing, but they're not thriving they're surviving and just getting by, but they're not truly living life. And here's what I want you to know is that you'll be faking it, you'll be struggling with it, you'll be wondering about it, you'll be grasping at it, but you can't live without some experiences with God along the way. God's got to show up. And you know what? Here's the, here's the key to God showing up in your life. Desperation. It's not expectation, it's desperation. Desperation. When I get to the point that I can't live without His Word and I can't live without an experience with Him, He'll show up and give you exactly what you're looking for. But it's only when we're desperate enough to seek after Him and go after Him that He does that. God and only God can make real life in the valley possible. In church, we often talk about the valley in a negative context. Well, I'm going through a valley right now. Listen, that's life. And I'm not not saying that in a negative way. Because I think it doesn't matter what you go through, you can see it positively. You, You can change your perspective to make anything you're facing in life be positive. That is life. Life happens in the valley. That is where life takes place. When you get to the mountain, what makes the view beautiful is what you see in the valley. Think about that. We all go to the mountaintop for the same reason. What is that reason? The view. I want to see life up there. I want to see what life looks like from that perspective. I want to see from that vantage point. I want to go to the mountaintop so I can have a new perspective and see what God sees. We can see the beauty of the va- in the valley when we're above the valley. But where we're in the valley, you can't see nothing but trees, right? I can't see anything. And we get so caught up in that. That's why we need some of those experiences. So that we can get a different perspective. We can see things from a different point of view. We can see what God sees. It's those moments that gives us that refreshing in our spirit. And that's what makes life in the valley possible is those mountaintop experiences. Without them, I'm telling you, it becomes unbearable. It's too much. It's overwhelming. I can't see anything but what I see. I need to see something different. Anybody need to see something different in the place today? I'm tired of looking at the same things over and over again. I'm tired of looking at the same circumstance, the same situation, the same stinking people. I want to see some new people. Or maybe just see some old people from a different perspective. Amen. Joe Osteen tells a great story of a mountain... Climbing Resort in the Swiss Alps. I love it. It's just such a good story about really our journey. And uh, in this mountain climbing resort, it's about eight-hour trek to the top, but about halfway up the mountain is a restaurant. And uh, because the restaurant's there, people stop. They go in. They get warmed up. They have a nice cup of hot chocolate. They get their bellies full. And you know, as a result of that, less than half of the people go on past the restaurant. They, they go to that point and then they get comfortable and then they stop and they decide later on, well, it's too late in the day. We've let too much time get away from us. So let's just go back down. We'll attempt this another day. Come on. Why is that? Because I'll tell you why. Because the enemy, the comfort, comfort is the enemy of the climb. Comfort is the enemy of the climb. Comfort is the enemy of your experience with God. Comfort is what is keeping us from desperation. Comfort is what keeps us locked away from having an experience with God that marks us, shapes us, and changes our lives. If comfort, listen church, if comfort is the aim of the Christian life, you'll never have a mountaintop experience. And you'll never make a real difference in the valley. If comfort is your aim, then you're going to live a small life. Sacrifice, preparation, and total engagement are the necessities of reaching the mountaintop. And they are the necessities of having a true experience with God. And they are necessary for making a difference in the valley. We need the mountaintop in order to live in the valley. I need to see things through God's eyes if I'm going to live life in the valley. You always receive things on the mountaintop that make life possible and the valley. Lauren, would you come? Thank you, Lord. Let God give you some things that not only make valley life possible, but make valley life successful. Thank you, Lord. God wants you to live a blessed life. The way to do that is by connecting with His plan, His purpose, and more importantly than all of that, is His Word that drives and directs all of those things. Hallelujah. There's another great story of a similar experience that we shared earlier. In the Word of God, in Elijah, with Elijah in First Kings nineteen nine through fifteen, Elijah has gone through a real challenging point in his life. It was actually a great point, and then it went to a bad point And so he's kind of walking through the hills and valleys of life, and he finds himself in a cave. God brings him out of that cave, and he says, "I want to show you some things." And he, there's an earthquake, and there's. Fire and wind, there's all this stuff going on, a lot of commotion, and then all of that calms down and he hears God's still small voice. God wasn't in all that stuff, He was just in the still small voice. But after that experience with God, God says something really profound to Elijah. He says, get off the mountain and go down to where I'm going to tell you. Why? Because again, those experiences are not meant to be The existence of our lives, they are meant to mark our lives so that we can make a difference to someone in the valley. It was at that moment that Elijah walks down the mountain and he goes and finds a young man named Elisha. And he consecrates Elisha's life and Elisha becomes twice the prophet that Elijah ever was going to be. He takes his mountaintop experience and he uses it to lift somebody up to another level than He Himself was even able to achieve. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Whose life are we going to impact? Whose life are we going to make a difference in? How am I going to be successful in the valley? I'll tell you how. It's by those mountaintop experiences where God speaks to you. Go and impact your world in the valleys of life. You weren't created to live on the mountain. You were created to live in the valley. You plant a flag of your mountain in the mountaintop experiences so you can plant roots in the valley. And know this that you can't make it in the valley successfully without the experience of the mountaintop. Stand with me across this place. Every head bowed and every eye closed across this room this morning. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've never really committed my life to Jesus Christ. Can I just tell you that your first experience with God has to be that one. It has to begin with a relationship with Jesus Christ because everything follows after that experience. Life begins after that experience. Life, Life starts for you with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so if you're here, you say, Pastor, I've never made that commitment to God. I've never committed my life to follow Him, to serve Him, to live for Him. Would you just simply slip your hand up and put it right back down, right where you are. Nobody's looking around. This is just between you, me, and the Lord this morning. Would there be one that says, that's me, I need to give my life to God. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know, I prayed a prayer when I was younger or last week or whatever in the past. But today, I'm not really living for God. Today, I'm not really serving the Lord. I'm kind of just doing my own thing and hoping it all works out. Today would be a good day to get back on track, to reacquaint yourself with the Lord, to connect to His plan and His purpose for your life where there's power and there's the ability to overcome. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me, I need to commit my life to Jesus. Amen. 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 I'm going to pray a prayer for you this morning. And as I pray this prayer, I want you just to pray along with me and ask Jesus to forgive you, to reestablish you on a course with Him today. Father, I thank You that Your Word declares that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That, Father, we can ask for forgiveness and You'll forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all of our failures and mistakes. Lord, Your Word also tells us that we deceive ourselves when we say We have no sin and we have no need of a Savior. Today we understand and we know that every person in this room understands and knows that God, without you, life's not worth living. Without you, life can't even be lived. Because you are the way, the truth, and you are the life. So Father, this morning I ask that Lord, if any of us have deviated from our path with you, if we've gone our own direction and and walked away from You. God, in this moment, we commit ourselves back to You. We commit ourselves to the path that You have established for us. We commit ourselves to following after Your plan and Your will and purpose, Lord. And we ask that, God, You would direct each and every step. Your Word is a lamp unto our feet, and it is a light unto our path. Lord, guide us and direct us today. We thank You for forgiveness. We thank You for restoration. We thank You that, Lord, old things are passed away and all things become new in the presence of God. We praise you this morning for that in Jesus' name. Thank you. With every head bowed and every eye still closed, I want to say this morning maybe you're here and you say, I'm going through difficulty and I need a mountaintop experience with God. I need a word from the Lord. I need God to speak to me. I need God to do something in my life. I I can't exist as I am. I have to have an encounter that changes me, changes my perspective, and changes my direction. If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. I want to ask God to touch your life. I want to ask God to give you a word. Would you come to the altar this morning and let God begin to work in your life? Would you come? Amen. 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 Don't miss a moment. That might be a divine appointment for you and your Savior. Thank you, Lord. God is always speaking. He's always speaking. He's always working. He's always doing something. Let him do something big for you this morning. Amen. Is there anyone else today that says that's me? I need God to direct me. I need God to speak. The Lord just spoke to me just now and just and gave me this word for you, all of you that are in the altar. Here, here's the challenge that we have in our humanity is that we refuse to let go of what we think to grab hold of what God thinks. We, I, I share with you in this journal, it has my thoughts and God's thoughts, my perspective and God's perspective, because here's the deal. I start out thinking one thing and then I find out that I'm not thinking like God's thinking. That God may have something different than what I preconceived in my mind that He would have for me. And so you got to let that go. And I'm just telling you this morning, I feel this strongly, that in this altar, there's people that you got to let go of what you think so you can grab hold of what God's saying and what God's speaking to you. That will be a hindrance in your life if you don't let it go. So right now, Lord, we just pray. I'm going to ask some of you to come and just stand behind these and begin to pray for them. Father, we pray this morning that, Lord, we let go of any preconceived ideas that we have. We empty ourselves right now of every idea, every thought, every man-made solution, every plan that we have, and we trust You to hear from You Your direction, Your plan. I know that, God, You're thinking of things I've never conceived, I've never thought of, I've never dreamed of, I've never even considered to be a possibility. Lord, that's where You're thinking. And I pray that, God, my thinking would align, align with Yours. Help me to get my mind planted firmly in your mind father let this mind be in me that same mind of christ jesus i pray god that you help us this morning we hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message we'd love for you to join us at the river on sunday mornings at 9 45 for sunday school and at 10 30 for morning worship we also provide our midweek service for all ages on wednesdays at 17 if you would like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston C- Street, Burke Texas. And as always, we encourage oh, you to come experience life with us at me the river. Till I found myself face down on your soul to Ready? the wind.